miss singing this nigan with you guys on Shabbos very much. So we'll sing it now. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Ah, yeah, I'm a God of 
Shabbat Behodah right now to Kaddish Baruch Hu for the refuah of some of our close friends that they should continue to feel good and feel strong and also just express how how uh, how how hard and how difficult it is to hear to hear names after names and uh, I mentioned to the Chavre this morning that uh, there was someone I remember that uh, Jerry Latinic brought when, the early days he brought he brought me to Chicago for a Shabbos when Jerry was still living there. And one of the shuls he brought me to, to, to I don't remember if it was to Davin, it was like a whole Shabbaton. I was hanging out after shul, and I saw this really, uh, this really cool kid, kid. He was probably like 22, 23. This Chabatzker, he was davening with this, with his zets. It was really, really inspiring. And uh, I never met him before, but I, I went up to him, I said to him, look, we don't know each other, but you and I are going to hang out a lot. And that was it. And I probably freaked him out, walked away. The truth is, we started hanging out that Motzei Shabbos, and we became soul brothers. And um, he's given me guitars whenever I've needed, whenever I I, I come through uh, Chicago. He recently relocated to Florida, but he's an amazing musician, Dove Bear. And it's just a sweet, sweet Zeus, such as Zeus. And unfortunately, over Shabbos, his Abba passed away from the uh, from the Machala, from this virus. So our hearts are like it's a Kazorim Bedima Berina. We're 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 happy and we're broken at the same time. We're happy for the refua of of our friends, and we're devastated by our friends that are sitting shiva. And there's there's so many emotions going up. And the Piasetzner never told us so many times that whenever you feel something, don't ignore it, no matter what it is, because it's a window into your neshama. Don't ignore whatever you're feeling. Don't bury it. If you're feeling happy, don't bury it and say, no, it's not a time now for simcha, people are suffering. Of course they're suffering, but if you're feeling it, you're feeling it. And if you're feeling excruciating pain, don't say, no, 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 it's Nisan now, it's Pesach time, I gotta be simcha. Said you'll be you'll be besimcha a minute a minute later, whatever is coming up, we give it space. Because it's a door, it's a it's a doorway into, into who we really are, into our neshamas. So we're up to Oz Chaf Zayin. If you have your sefer, if you have Achshar Savrechim, the Tzav is with you, you can open it up. We're up to Oz Chaf Zayin. We, we're going to have it on the screen now as well. And what today the the Piyasetz is going to be doing is another diary entry, a very, very far-out esoteric piece, mamish deep, very deep, where the Rebbe explains to us something that he took on in the spur of the moment, something very, very interesting. And the ending is very surprising because it's not the way you think it's going to end. 
Chaim. But the Rebbe, the Rebbe takes us like he's been doing. Um, so, so um, you know, so so often is that he's taking us into our into our souls. He's taking us deep, deep down inside, and um, I think that we're going to see something today that mamash we could relate to and perhaps take upon ourselves as well. Now, the the Hebrew is kind of like Rav, I don't know how to say it. it's like Rav Cookie. It's a uh, not Rabbi Cookie, but it's like Rav Cook. It's it's pretty difficult. So we're gonna go shlav by shlav, but what you're gonna see right now, when I was learning it, it shocked me. <laughs> it shocked me. Just it, it made me realize how how excited how, how how special it is every time we have a chance to learn the teachings of the Piyasetzner Rebbe. Okay, Ot Chavzayin. So the Rebbe says like this. Im Bria Ivra Haish Israel Mekirbo Kdusha Asherba Eta Kadosh Israel Yikdash. This is very difficult, difficult uh, uh, Hebrew. Just try to translate it like this. Im Bria Ivra Haish Israel Mekirbo Kdusha Asherba Eta Kadosh Israel Yikdash. The Rebbe is saying over here if a person is able to reveal to 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 create some new type of kedusha um some new type of kedusha that it, it never existed before he's revealing he's creating some kind of new holiness within himself and it's a holiness that reveals who he really is this is a, a year that's trying really hard to uncover a certain aspect of himself but he's he's creating something yesh me'ayin. He's, he's, taking, he's doing something he never did before. He's creating something completely new. As kol asiyotav, af asher yivadem milibo la'asot l'shem Hashem l'sha'azu. So anything that he creates and any action that he makes up in his own heart for the, for the sake of Hashem, it becomes part of his world of Kedusha for that moment. What he's saying over here, basically, is when you make up a minhag, obviously we're not saying anything that goes against anything that's written in halacha, we're just speaking about that. There are moments that we've, uh, we, we all know by Hasidim sometimes, minhagim are, are, are respected much more than other things. Like for instance, um, Today's Yud Aleph Nisan, so let's let's just go with 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 easy. You know, Chabadniks have more minhagim than 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 anyone else probably. You ask a Lubavitcher, what's your what's your feeling towards Yutes Kislev? If, for, quite frankly, for some of them, it might be just like Leila Seder or Yom Kippur. Meaning, a minhag can be can be enhanced to such a degree because you, I'm not saying Yutes Kislev here, but the Rebbe is saying if you take something upon yourself because you feel this will reveal something about you that you you need to doesn't have it doesn't have expression yet in this world that's where the Rebbe's madgish for this moment then what ends up happening this becomes part of the Gufa Gdusha Gam Gufo the end of this first paragraph Gam Gufo Mi Gufam Yartiach Yetoses Gam Yit Kadash it means that 
his, his own physical body will become inflamed and excited and sanctified, even though what he just took on isn't written anywhere. This is just your own thing. Now, obviously, the Rebbe is giving us an intro to something that he did, something that happened with him. He's not Stam telling us a theory. He's saying, this is, these are things that, that you and I go through. Um, and I think that many of us can relate to this. Weiter. So the Rebbe explains now in the second paragraph. Ki lama ze Why did I get so excited? Like, what happened to me when what? When I decided to do it's in Yiddish, it's called Kazshelik. Uh, What's a hitabchut? Somersault. Why did I choose to do somersaults? This is the PSS Nerebbe speaking. Why did I choose to do somersaults in the base Medrash, Bisha'at Chinuch Sefer HaTorah? The Rebbe is explaining that there was a there was a dedication of a Torah scroll into the base medrash in Piyasetzna, and the Rebbe was overtaken by him with emotion, and he's trying to understand himself why did I start doing somersaults in the base medrash while we were putting in a sefer Torah. What happened to me? Why did my bones start shaking in utter awe while I was standing before the space on the floor where I was about to start doing somersaults? Why was my body shaking? Why was I inside trimmering? Why? What happened to me inside that I felt an incredible jolt of enthusiasm? He's like giving a play-by-play as I was about to go and do a somersault. Now, I don't know about you, but whenever I've imagined the Piyasetz Nerebbe, somersault is not a thing that I ever associated him with. Not so much. Not yet. Not till this piece. But now, take a look at the picture of the tzaddik in your mind and imagine him about to do a somersault. Now, this happened, but this piece that he's, gonna, that he's describing to us, it took place probably in, over the course of a minute. But he's giving us a play-by-play of what was transpiring in his heart, mind, and soul while he came to this, because something big, he learned something great about himself, which he's writing in his diary. Okay, let's continue. Next page. In the Sefer, if you have the Sefer, we're in the bottom of Shin Mem Gimel. But we'll look at it over here. Harbeh pa'amim tshukat ha'ish Yisrael mitlakachat bo harbeh yoter mimatzavo mitorato umeavodato. Quite often, the passion of a Yid mitlakachat bo, it, it becomes, it overtakes you much more than where you're holding. So, like we said many times, the passion and longing of a Jew is ignited within him, and it's far beyond his actual place in Torah and Avodah. And what happens to you is that you say to yourself, wow, if only I had some 
holy chutzpah, some audacious thing that I can do now for the sake of Hashem. You know, you feel, it's like these moments where you feel like, you feel on fire, you're not really such a gewalt usually, but you have a moment of feeling very much on fire, and you say, I, I, gotta, I gotta do something, I gotta do something much more than just put on tefillin, or put on tzitzis, or say a few tehillim. It's not, it's not going to work for me right now. It's, it's not a big enough vessel, or it's not the proper vessel for what my soul is feeling right now, meaning I need to create a minhag. I need to do something I never did before. It's not written anywhere. I'm not going to find it in a sefer. It's something that I am going to come up with, right? Third line, Libo nofel bekirbo, ma torati uma kol avodati, gam nafshi lo tisaba mehen, veav etzem atoar umekor akdusha. So he's saying, sorry, he's saying, whatever I have going for me till now, it doesn't satiate my neshama. I need more. I have some kind of passion, and it needs, a, it needs something else. It needs something more. It needs something more. Veav etzem atoar umekor akdusha. What's happening? The Rebbe is saying that even when a person's soul is not inflamed, it's not passionate for actual Mesirat Nefesh, there still is sometimes this yearning for something beyond yourself, for some kind of self-transcendence. And the person thinks for himself, you know, at that moment, you know, if only right now it was possible for me to do something to, 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 to extract my essence and bring it out to my normal self. Like the Rebbe is saying over here, if only I could take out my... He's saying something beautifully. It's a little bit difficult, but we'll, we'll go shlav by shlav. If only I can right now... For the moment that I can... Like, whatever I know of my heart, I want to extract the essence of my heart and have that be in the front. I want to extract my, my body... Uh, for my real essence. Basically, he keeps on saying over here, even though I'm not like a Yid that's going to now do the holiest thing in the world, there's a part of me that I would do anything to get a little bit of a clearer taste of who I am by expressing myself in a way I never expressed before. And it's not something that someone can dictate to you. I'm just wondering, for those of us on the Zoom... Does this remind you, you could type this into the chat, does this remind you of anyone in Tanakh? Does this remind you of anyone that had this moment of, of such excitement and acceleration that they felt, you felt the need to do something quite similar to what the Rebbe described? Yeah, of course. It's David HaMelech. Where? It's almost the same exact story. When David HaMelech is dancing, decides to start dancing before Aaron Hashem, right? And that's where Michal rebukes him, the whole story over there. There are other times where these things happen, but it'd be, it'd be just as cool or even cooler if you found that in your own life to see where, where have I like, gone out of my norm and needed to express myself and do something that maybe uh, 
no one ever thought of or no one ever will. But this is what the Rebbe is saying. The Rebbe is explaining to us what was happening to me while we brought the Sefer Torah into the Beis Medrash and Piyasetzna. Something was going on inside of me. I didn't really understand it at first, but I knew I had to do something. I had this urge to do something really strong. Next paragraph. When I prepared myself for this putting the Sefer in the Aron, something of my passion was overtaking me with utmost koach, and my body was on fire. My bones were burning with fire. It could be that what I'm experiencing right now only happens once in my life. And if that's the case, what can I actually do? Besides feel things in my heart, what can I do on an action level as an expression to my God, physically? What can I physically do to express what's going on inside myself to the Ribbon Shleinam? Agil bereada, I will rejoice with, with reada, with awe, in awe. Ve'erkod bekol kochi. And I'm going to dance with all of my koyach. I'm remi- I have to share this with you because everyone these days is going through old pictures. I don't know if you know, you saw our friend Sammy Uziel posted, Uziel posted his whole uh, uh, his bar mitzvah album the other day. Everyone's going through old pictures. It's so cute. So um, I, I've been sharing some pictures with some of the chevra. There's a picture from my wedding that I remember it happening live. We had the privilege of Rav Weinberger coming out to be at our, at our, at our wedding. And there's a moment, I'll never forget it, that in the middle, the beginning of the dancing, I, the truth is, I don't even know if anyone on this that's, that's learning with us now was there. It, was, it seems like lifetimes ago, besides my soon-to-be brother-in-law at the time, Yuri. That's right. Um, he, he was dating my sister. Um, or was he? No, he wasn't engaged yet. He was dating my sister. Um, suddenly, I, there was like, Mamish, there was like a thousand people there. It was crazy. You couldn't move. You couldn't breathe. And uh, at a certain point, is um, I suddenly felt like tons of people making room like this, going like this, and in came the captain into the middle of the circle. Rav Weinberg was put into the middle of the circle. I have a picture of the moment that I'm describing. I'll share it with you guys afterwards. Rebbe started dancing with his arms up in the air like this, and he was dancing stronger than all that the, there was I was teaching at Torah Shraga at the time there were a bunch of 18 year old yeshiva bachers there also he put them to shame but it was this simcha of like the Rebbe says over here agil uh, what's the language um, agil bere'ada ve'erkod bekol kochi you ever see a tzaddik dance? watching tzaddikim dance is I think one of the most purifying things for the eyes if your vision, if you can absorb that, a tzaddik dancing, it's, it's unbelievable. It's really, really unbelievable. Interestingly enough, from all the hundreds of, hundreds of hours of Rib Shlomo footage, I only saw him dance like once or twice because he's usually the one that was playing or singing 
causing others to dance. But there was one moment I saw him dancing at a, a wedding of a, of a friend of ours, of Na, friends of ours, Nachman and Miriam Futterman. And he's dancing at the end of the wedding. And you see him dancing, pacing from side to side with this like gentle calm. But inside you see there's a fire burning inside. Seeing holy people dance is very, very purifying. It's a very special thing. So again, we're in the fourth line in the paragraph in front of you. Tov, aval nafshi od lo tisba. En zot od ha'asiya ha'gdola ve'acharifa ha'matima lisha'a kdosha meromemet ve'yichida kazo. The Rebbe is saying, but what happened is that I I thought to myself, I'm going to dance like I never danced before. I'm going to feel it like I never felt it before. But then I said to myself, wait a second. This is, um, this is not so much, this is not so much what I should be doing right now. It's not shayach for this kind of a moment. Ve'omer, et hapech ke'otam hanivzim ve'hashvedim ha'mitbatlim besimchat adonehem nichvodam. Am I gonna become this like nivzev shafel? I'm gonna like I'm gonna basically become something so uh, low, so disgraceful, and start dancing like this. It's not kavodik. It's not kavodik. Dancing like a, you know, there's the thing called dancing for the king, and then there's something like doing somersaults, and that's not really uh, that's not really the same exact thing. Yeah, Yossi, I remember also, I mamish remember exactly what you're describing. When, uh, when Reb David Miller was dancing at, uh, on the street right in front of uh, the Kram's house to the shul, and he was waving his arms like this, I'll never forget that also, mamish. Such purifying imagery. It's true. But the Rebbe, so let's go back over here. So the Rebbe is saying again, again, I have this thought to do what I explained before, but then this other thought came inside of me and said, it's disgusting. Who are you to do such a thing? And now he says, who comes and starts to mess with him? The Satan. He comes also. The Satan comes and tells me, really? You think this is an avoda to start doing somersaults? Who are you to do such a thing? What reason, what taste is there behind it? You think God cares if you do a somersault or not? That's what the Satan is saying inside, right? You think God cares if you're doing a somersault or not? But, and, then it, and then it has even like, you know, the common sense factor. Hey, you're not 20, you know? You sure you want to do a somersault? It might affect your health. Are you sure you should be doing such things? And further, aren't you nervous? You have to, you have to establish, you know, you're a Rav. You're a Rav. It's your base medrash. Aren't you nervous that it's going, you're going to look like a Meshuggah? You're going to look like a fool in the eyes of your Balabatim? Maybe they're going to start, stop writing the checks. Maybe they're going to stop coming to Shul because they'll say our Rav is a freak. As that's right, Naftali. Don't stop writing checks. Then, from the depth of my heart, 
I look into the Satan's eyes and I basically say that H-E-L-L with you. This is not the time to do these cheshbonos to start thinking like this. This is not the time for this. This is a moment that was never before. This passion that I'm feeling. I can't think about my health, what I look like. I have a moment right now where I'm feeling the need to express something for my Creator in my own way that I can't even explain it to myself. But this is what I feel I have to do. You're going to think you're going to get to me through using like things like my health or my COVID in the world? I found some kind of expression that I was looking for in order to express that which my heart is desired. And now, bye-bye, brother other side, I'm deciding to sanctify myself through this action. Next paragraph. And with this meaning, with this minag that I just made up, that I made up in my heart, a somersault, it became a holy thing. Me doing a somersault in my mind, heart, and soul, it became like the coin god lighting the menorah. It became sanctified to me. It became holy to me. It became precious and valuable to me. I became mevutal before this holy thought that came before me, which may look like it's crazy to you, but to me, it was Kodesh Kodashim. It and the moment that the thought of my body began to sense that I'm about to do a somersault, you know what started happening to me? I started understanding that I'm about to do something on the level of jumping in front of a train to save a kid that got stuck there. That's the level of Mesirut Nefesh. Because all these thoughts trying to tell me, you shouldn't do it, don't do it, don't do it. I knew I had to, but I knew it was going to take a moment of Mesirut Nefesh to actually not care what people think. Now that is mamish, the, such an avoda for us today. That when we feel we want to do something very, very holy. But it's always like, you know, make sure people don't see it so they don't think you're losing it. Like I remember, you know, when I was, when I was about 18, I, I put on a gartel. I felt it back then. I was about 18 or 19 when younger, yeah, around 18. I put on a gartel for a few months and, um, uh, I don't remember the reason, but I stopped and I said, I, I'm, I'm not there. I'm not there now. And then a few years ago when Shalom, when Shalom, uh, when Rav Shalom brought died, 
uh, I just remember I, I rarely saw him without a gartel because he was basically always davening. He was always like in the middle of Rabbeinu Tam or Mincha or whatever it is. So I, I, I don't know, I just, whenever I thought of him, I remember him saying, holding on to his gartel. And the morning later I said, uh, I'm back. And it wasn't hard for me to, 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 to dig it on. I took it right away. I came to Shul the first Shabbos and the gartel was underneath my suit. And someone from Shul came up to me and said, and so I was like, ah, oh, okay, as long as it stays underneath the suit and not over your suit, because you know, you don't want people to think you're, you're starting to lose it. By the middle of that Shmonasra, I took the gartel outside beneath my suit and wrapped it around me over. And it was like a moment, but I remember that doing that was, was an amazing, amazing moment of Mesiru's Nefesh at that moment. But Naftali is asking a very important question. There is always going to be a tzad, not by the Rebbe, but by, by, by Pshutim like us, where we're about to do a, a holy minhag, but there's a voice, and we're not sure if it's the Satan or not, that says, you're going to be perceived as a gibor, as a hero. You want people to see how holy you are. So there's two ways of answering that question. One of them is the famous way that we've answered before a few times, where there was a choyzer, there was a person that knew how to repeat the Rebbe Rashab's drushas really, really good. And back then there were no faxes or emails, and the way that you could repeat one of the ma'amarim of the Rebbe was that you had to travel from town to town if you were a good choyzer, if your memory was working very well, and you were able to, 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 to uh, repeat it verbatim and give it over properly. So the story is, is that one of these chosrim, one of these people that uh, had a really good talent of repeating the, Rebbe, uh, the Rebbe's ma'amarim, he would go from village to village repeating the ma'amar of the Rebbe, but people started telling him, oh my God, you're so amazing. You're so, it's incredible how you, your talent is just shocking. It's amazing. You're, you're so, so talented. And, people, and he felt that people were just giving him so much cover. And making and messing with his ego. So he went back to the Rebbe and he said, Rebbe, I think I have to stop this gig. He said, Why? He said, Because it's starting to get me. People think, people confuse us sometimes. They start thinking it's me. People start thinking that, um, you know, I'm, I'm so holy. I'm so smart. I have to stop it because it's messing with my Anava and it's really pumping up my Gaiva. And basically, what we learned is the Rebbe said, that's their problem. Uh, sorry, that's your problem. Meaning, they need to receive Torah. Whether it messes with you while you're receiving the Torah, you'll, you'll have to work it out. But you have to continue doing the shlichus, because otherwise how are they going to get the Torah given over, right? So one level, one level is hearing that voice of, listen, it's true, it might mess with your ego, but if so many people will stop benefiting, listen, I had this conversation once with Rebbe. How in the world are us musicians supposed to do what we do? Bemet, let's be real. How are we supposed to do what we do? How are we supposed to do what we do while, uh, you know, when, when every time someone looks at you while you're, you're, you're touching their soul, playing the guitar, strumming in a way that you know touches them, it can mess with you at every given moment. But I, I hear those words all the time from the Rebbe Rashab saying, that's your problem. You have to keep on doing what you have to do for the world. But if what you're doing, the minute that you're doing, really is not benefiting anybody at all, 
It's just people see you and they see something glamorous about you and it's getting to you too much. That's another story. You understand the difference between the two. If you're a Vodas Hashem that you took on, if the Minag you incorporated is truly serving a higher purpose, and many people are mit'alim, are getting high and closer to the Yibbon by what you're doing, music is a very easy example for this, then you'll keep on talking to HaKadosh Baruch Hu as to the, your inner struggle of trying to maintain real anava in the process. If what you're doing has nothing to do with other people, other people's avodat Hashem, but it just seems they're just looking at you like, look what he's taken on for himself, and that's what you know people are thinking about. That's another Maisa, and maybe there you should rethink what to do or not. In the case of the Piyasetz Nereba, I don't think that, that was what he was dealing with at all. He wasn't dealing with people who think I'm holy, he was dealing with people who might think I'm crazy. Because for the Rebbe to do a somersault wasn't like taking on a world, doesn't, didn't look like he was taking on a world of Gdusha. It might have looked like he was losing his mind. Okay, let's go weiter. The point over here, what he was saying, is that in his neshama, that somersault was like taking on to learn Siyam, like, like taking on Siyam Ashas. It was like taking on the highest and holiest thing. You know why? Because he listened to his soul and he knew that he had to do something so extraordinary and he knew that it might look crazy but en malasot, this is what his neshama was feeling at that moment and he knew he had to do this he knew he had to do this now Yuri just pointed out to something very important in the chat it's true that the simcha of simcha's beisa she'eva which Chazal described as a simcha like none other in the world let me remind you all what that simcha looked like. Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel, the Nasi of the Sanhedrin, did what's called a kidah, the Gemara in Sukkah says. We learned this before. What's a kidah? What does Rashi say? What was the dance that he did? He did a thumb stand. He, he stood on his thumbs, a headstand on his thumbs. And the Gemara says that at the moment that Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel did a thumb stand, the Simcha was the highest thing in the world, in the universe. Can you imagine the Amshan of a Rebbe walking into a circle right now and doing a, th- a headstand on your thumbs, on his thumbs? We see this. You think Rabbi Shimon Gamliel didn't, didn't, didn't worry maybe this was going to look crazy? But he, he did what he had to do. He did what he had to do. Let's go back into the text. Um, we're in the middle of the paragraph of the second paragraph on the page. Lo hitapchut pshuta ra'iti kvar bedimiyoni. The Rebbe says, when my mind and soul realize that I was about to do something, take on something, that'll incorporate the tremendous kedusha in my life, it wasn't the simple somersault that I saw in my mind anymore. It wasn't, it, it was a somersault, but that's not what it looked like. It looked like rakkein mizbeach hayamavik le'enai. That somersault I was about to do was like approaching the Mizbeach in the Beis HaMikdash. That's what it looked like. I was about to bring a korban on the Mizbeach. HaMakom asher bo bishaat chinuch sefer ha-Torah na'avor. HaKol nitkadesh ve-hakol le'esh bo'eret hitlakeach. Right as this, right where the, 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 where the Sefer Torah was about to be put in the Aron, it seemed like it was a Mizbeach. It might have seemed like the Kohen Gadol going to the Kodesh Kodashim. My somersault seemed like a korban toda. 
or maybe it was a shla, I don't know. But everything suddenly became sanctified in my experience. My blood was boiling. And my eyes started tearing. Mi ubame, bottom paragraph, mi ubema nitkachalisha'a. For the moment, I did all this in the moment. What became holy in this moment? I made up this whole thing. It's something I invented. It's something that just came out to be from my heart. How could it be that for something that I made up, my body, my physical body, felt it and became on fire? If it's something that I made up, you know, Leil Pesach, if my body starts to feel it and I get very enthusiastic, I can understand why. Because we have thousands and thousands of years of people doing this and of Chazal describing to us what happened in Leil Seder. That I can understand why I feel it so much. But why over here am I feeling it in such a, in such a way? So the Rebbe says, you know why? Im lo al I started gathering all the sparks that during my life there were sparks of moments of wanting to express something but I, I shut them down. But over here he's saying all those sparks found a home. And I gathered them all together. All the sparks came into my home. I gathered them all together and I said, come, be with me now. You have a place to express yourself. On the bottom over here again, Im lo al asher And now these sparks created a big fire. Asher Even a low person in Am Yisrael merits this. Because even a low person has a lot of moments where he wanted to do something good, but he never came to fruition. And then he said, I got so excited when I saw in Chazal that they explained that when David HaMelech was dancing, what did he do? What was the dance? It was a somersault. So I got so excited when I saw this also, that this was the story by David HaMelech. Okay, let's continue. Now he says, this is the ending that I told you, may be pretty surprising. It could be, I tricked myself. What does that mean? Will I ever know? Can someone give me a guarantee that I actually really did become holy at that moment? Maybe it was just me going through literally a trip, and maybe it wasn't real. It could be just a vision of the heart, but maybe it wasn't real. Why? Now, why does the Rebbe doubt the sincerity of the moment? Because now he's going to explain to us what he actually ended up feeling. This is shocking. Ki halo el asher kiviti la lo zachiti. The vision I thought I was going to get to, I didn't merit. It didn't end up happening, meaning the outcome 
of that emotional outburst did not produce what I was certain that it was going to produce. The spirit that I was almost certain was going to be revealed to me at that moment was not revealed. Was not revealed. So therefore, the Rebbe says, if it didn't end up happening, meaning if the outcome of the expression did not produce what I thought it was going to produce, what does it say about the experience? It doubts its sincerity, right? Just like many of us, when we daven for something so strong and we feel so close while we're davening and we're certain that our tefillot are going to bring down the answer that we want and it doesn't end up happening, what happens to us quite often? We go back and doubt the sincerity of the realness of how close we were while we were davening. This happens to us all the time. So the Rebbe says, fourth line of Al-Chas V'Shalom Lachshovken. God forbid you should doubt what you were experiencing in the beginning of this, of this chapter. This is also one of the seductions, the seductive ways of the Yitzhah. This is a, a, a tremendous trick that the Yitzhah work pulls on us all the time. Saying to us, you know, if it was for real, you would have ended up having the visions that you were certain that you were going to have if it was for real. If it was for real, Hashem would have answered you. If it was for real and you actually became holy, then you would have experienced the highest trip you ever had in your life. He's saying, that's the Yitzhahara coming. That's why we say in Mari, Vahase Satan milfaneinu umeachareinu. Remove the Satan meachorai. That's trying to shat, put its shade over what I just went through. That's also where the Satan works. Ki, fifth line, end of the fifth line. Ki chai. How can the live one, how can someone that's alive deny what he knows to be felt alive in his heart, in his midst? Ha'im kol el Every moment that I got closer and closer to the Sefer Torah, going into the into the Aron Kodesh, what I didn't feel the light of Hashem's Barach of the Shechina, and the and the ray of His cover filling the air, Asher Temalet What I, I didn't feel that I didn't sense that that it was that Hashem's cover was shining, glowing in my heart and soul and my kishkas more and more. And the minag there was that when you did a Chassid Sefer Torah, you sang Adon Olam. By the way, how many of you took on this Shabbos to sing Enkelokeinu at Shalashudas? We started it this Shabbos by us. If not, you'll do it this coming Shabbos. So he says, is that, this is not the reason why I decided to use the words, to sing the words Adon Olam. Ki amarti, because I said to myself, I said to myself, my Anochi, my, my Yesh, my being, is going to collapse, and my Atzmotai, my bones are about to lit porer. They're about to become, uh, how do you say lit porer? They're about to uh, dissolve. 
It's going to become a spark of holy ray of light. And it's going to flow to the whole world. And it'll shine, one of, uh, it'll shine a ray of its light. Can. The Rebbe says, you know what? I stayed alive. My body did not dissolve. My bones did not just flourish away. I'm still in my body. I did not receive that illumination that I was certain would be the product of such a spiritual enlightenment. It didn't, it didn't go the way I thought it was going to end. Lo zachiti. Betach et atzmi eini mekir. I definitely don't know myself. Ve'ad kama sheyodea eini et erki anamuch. And to the extent that I know how low I am, the Rebbe is saying, od gasut haruach bi. I still have this gut, like this, it's hard for me to say this, but it's the Rebbe talking about himself, but it's very hard for me to say. And the Rebbe is saying, I know how low I am, I know how prost I am, I know how much my spirit is still so namuch. I was hoping for much more than my current status to happen, right? But this is the this is the dagger. Look how he ends this. What I felt, I felt. No one can deny that. No disappointment can deny the buildup. What I felt, I felt. That moment of mysterious nefesh, of doing that somersault, that was real. It is, it, like, very good Yeshua. It's like you said over here, it's irreversible. It happened. No one can take it away from me. Et asher hirgashti, hirgashti. Ki gam et asher yivedeh, ha-pachot mi-Israel, la-asot la-Hashem, because even the lowest person in Am Yisrael that feels a moment of making something up to express what he's feeling inside for Hashem, mit kadesh. For that moment, it becomes holy. mit kadesh. It's not that you transformed and became a different person, but the moment became holy and you became holy within that moment. I'm waiting for someone to write their thesis based on this piece from the PSS, because it's kolel kola Torah kula. The whole Torah is in this piece. It's a, mind, it's a mind-boggling piece. There's so many things that we can learn. There's so many things that we could learn about this, about ourselves, from this piece. And if the PSS Rebbe is talking about himself... In terms of, I was certain that I was going to go up and reach all this, and you know what, and it didn't happen, then you and I, in our level where we're at, shouldn't get too frightened from moments that don't end up being as high as we hoped they would be. Maybe the, per- the point is, are you big enough a person to not deny the beauty that was? Quite often, I'll tell you the truth, it happens to me, Mamash, it happens, it happens a lot that when I'm, when I'm learning or preparing a shir, for instance, preparing a drasha in shul, right? 
something incredible may happen to me while I'm learning or while I'm preparing that uh, honestly rarely ends up manifesting when, you, when you're by the Amud, when you're by the Bima. So then I start saying to myself, well, that, that whole prep, was, was that even real? Because the closeness I was feeling when I was preparing was so gewalt. But then when it came time to, 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 to bring it, to, bring it, to, bring it to, to life, it wasn't there. The Rebbe is saying, do not doubt the moment that your, your passion led to an action. And you ended up doing the action, but the action didn't end up manifesting and producing what you thought would, would connotate utmost holiness. So there's so many different levels of the psyche that we could, we could describe here. Yossi is asking, so are the holy moments real, but the unholy moments aren't? Aren't real? I think they're all real. I think holy moments are real. I think unholy moments, they're, they're real, meaning they, they exist. I think we have a harder time believing that holy moments exist more than unholy moments exist. I think when unholy moments exist, we're kind of used to that. That's the norm. But when a holy moment comes and takes place, and then a minute later I'm someone else, I'm not in that. I'm not. I'm not staying in that place. So then I have a harder time, you know. I have a. I have a, I have a much harder time, mamish being masking that those moments are holy. Now the truth is, like Naftali is saying, I do believe also. That so many of the moments that are unholy, not talking about averas, not talking about averot, but I'm talking more about the concept of of um, mundane, meaning it's not here, not there. Those moments of empty space, like Reb Nachman speaks about it, in the Torah we were learning with the women's chabura. Those moments were definitely, definitely, definitely times where tzaddik has to mamash be pashut me'od. But Reb Nachman says he has to act like a prostic. That was like a simpleton. In order to mekasher certain neshamas to the Rebbe So we know that unholy moments, meaning not tame moments, but unholy moments can be tremendously real. Okay, uh, does anyone want to ask a question uh, on this or say something? If so... Unmute yourself. I think, Yossi, one of the things I was thinking about when you asked your question about the unholy moments being real as well, I think back in the beginning when we first started learning the Sefer, and he talked about how when something would come up, and we might have that thought of like, oh, that's not really me. That's not me. That evil thought, that, that distraction, that's not really me. And he said, no, it is you. Like, it is, it is part of you, and you need to take ownership for that too. And I think that maybe part of this piece is the balance of saying those moments that come up that we need to deal with and do soul work on and not just push them off and blow them off as if they're not us those are stimulations of soul work but at the same time that when we feel this holiness rising up to do something um shemayim and we do feel but it but it might seem crazy to also accept that that's also our unique individual neshama wanting to express itself to them and that's also us Anybody else? Mm-hmm. Okay. I want to sing uh, one of my favorite nigunim. 
and it should be a um, it should be a bracha for all of us to have help from Yerushalayim. So one of my favorite Chaim David Nigunim. My brother and I sing this whenever we're together, and we decide to jam. We we almost always sing this nigun. Yishlach Ezracha Mikodesh Umitziyayin Yisadekah Yishlach Ezracha Mikodesh Umitziyayin Yisadekah Yishlach Ezracha Mikodesh Umitziyayin Yishlach Ezrecha Mikodesh Umitzion I give us all a bracha to uh, whatever whatever our somersault is to go for it hopefully the shul we're building is giving space to that hopefully the homes we're building is giving space to that for us and our children to A do that somersault but B and maybe even more importantly do not deny the realness of that moment. Shlach Ezracha Mikodesh Umitziyayin Yisadeh Shlach Ezracha Mikodesh Umitziyayin
to learn this nigga and I want to start singing in shul. In Chabur, I want us to learn this nigga really strong, okay? We'll do it one more time. Yishlach Ezracha Mikodesh Umitziyayin Yisadeka Yishlach Ezracha should come refuah to the whole world, to all of us, to jump, 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 leave soyach, jump higher, jump to our somersaults, jump to all these places, jump to not denying, jump to not wondering whether moments of holiness were holy, no one can tell you what you felt wasn't true. B'Shem Hashem let's keep on winning, Chevron. Thank you for being with us, we'll see you tomorrow morning by the Chabura. Yeah, have a rabbi.